Welcome to The Just Pod, a podcast by the Criminal Justice Section of the ABA, the unified voice of criminal justice. Welcome to this episode of The Just Pod. Today, we're joined by Nina Marino, who is a partner at the boutique white-collar law firm of Kaplan Marino, located in Beverly Hills, California. Nina specializes in white-collar and complex criminal matters. So, Nina, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Nina is here today to talk about trial tips. More specifically, we're going to get started with motion writing. This will be one of several episodes where we talk about trial tips. So as I said, we're going to begin with motion writing today. So let's start at the beginning, Nina. What are the reasons for filing motions? So Emily, there's a lot of reasons for filing motions. The lawyer should never think that the only reason is to obtain a particular ruling from a judge. There are other reasons. Frequently you file motions just to educate the judge, get your narrative across. Let the prosecutor know what your narrative is, possibly to point out weaknesses in the case. So there's a lot of reasons for filing motions. The most typical, of course, are to suppress evidence or to get evidence in or to get evidence out in another way or move for dismissal of the case, always my favorite. But again, it's not that there's just one reason to file a motion. So always something to keep in mind. Motion practice can help the lawyer in many, many, many different ways in preparing the case for trial or towards resolution of the case. And how important is it for you to know your case before you begin drafting? So you want to know a couple of things. You want to know, you want to know everything about your case, obviously. But you also want to know what is the objective for the motion? Is the objective to educate the government? Is the objective to educate the judge? Is the objective because you're hoping that what comes out in the motion will give you some kind of leverage in resolution? Is the motion to obtain a certain ruling that's going to pave the way for a more favorable trial? You need to know the objectives for the motions and you need to know what the objectives for the case are by virtue of the motion. So in what way is this motion going to further your objectives in the case? And so along those same lines, before you even start writing your motion, you want to know your case inside and out, and you want to know the applicable law to your case. Because you can't even begin to think about writing a motion if you don't know your facts and the law. Because as we all know, at the end of a trial, that's what the jury looks at. The jury's going to take the facts as they're presented to the jury, and they're going to take the law as that is presented to the jury by the judge, and they have to put those two together and come up with a decision. So knowing your case inside and out, knowing the law inside and out, are just fundamental to even considering motion practice. Thank you. And before we began this interview, you shared some of your tips with me in advance. So for our listeners, Nina is going to walk us through some writing elements when drafting a motion. So let's begin with the importance of an outline, your introduction, and the importance of using headings wisely. Okay, so 
you know, it's interesting. You could outline emotion, write it, and this has happened to me many times, and then I scrap the outline, I scrap the draft, and I start again. That's just the way it goes. Don't be afraid to throw it away. Don't be afraid to rethink it. But you do have to start with an outline. And as a basic, and this is the most basic fundamental outline, every motion is going to have, or should have, an introduction, an argument section, and a conclusion. Those are the basics. And in a way, you kind of start at the end when you start at the beginning. So your argument section, which is the meat of your motion, that's what you really want to be able to outline based upon your facts and your law. And whether or not you've got how many subsections you may have, let's just say your argument section is Roman numeral two, being your introduction is Roman numeral one, so Roman numeral two could have sub A, sub B, sub C. Below that, you can have numbers, one, two, three. All of that you want to kind of start outlining on the front end because those arguments should make up your introduction. I always find the most easily read motions are the ones where the introduction encapsulates all the arguments that the reader is going to see in the motion. It should introduce the arguments. And sometimes you know that right away. Sometimes as you're going through your drafting process, some arguments play better than others. So you could start out with arguments one through five, and at the end of the day, maybe you have six, maybe you have two. You want to put your best arguments first, which sometimes can be challenging when you want to convey the information in a some kind of a chronology, which can also be easier for the reader to understand, but might make your stronger points appear later. And that's just a balancing. You have to decide how it's all going to read best as a cohesive project. Headings are critical. A reader should be able to look at your motion and not even read it and understand what you're saying, which means a reader should be able to just read your headings and understand what the motion is about and what your position is and what your arguments are. So the way those headings are phrased is very, very important. Some people use headings to make points that are not affirmative one way or another. I generally don't do that. My headings are argumentative in a way. In other words, they are stating my position and that the law supports it. Keep your paragraphs, in my opinion, to one point. I think points get lost when people combine different arguments into a single paragraph. I think points are best made concisely, and that just follows to keep your sentences short. If a sentence goes beyond three lines, it's too long, and it gets lost. Use punctuation, use commas, use semicolons. They're very, very helpful for the reader, and and use them in a way that you would speak. So people read the way they speak. And then redraft, redraft, redraft. I frequently will do 10 drafts, 14 drafts of a motion, particularly an important motion. And uh, sometimes those drafts are radically different than the one before. Sometimes they're just tweaked a little bit. But 
in that redraft process, I also think it's very important to give yourself time because what sounds great to you on Thursday after you slept and you wake up Friday morning might not sound so good. So the more time that you have to reflect, to play with the language in your head, uh, to come up with better words, use a thesaurus. I always use a thesaurus. I think about a word, I like the word, I just don't think it's just the perfect word. And I will literally struggle over that one word until I find the exact perfect word to convey what's in my head, to convey that one point. And that's all part of that draft, redraft, redraft process. It's a process, but you know, on, on many levels it's a joy because you're really creating something that at the end of the day should be beautiful. For our listeners, as they keep in mind their audience, what do you think are some of the key factors or you know, context of the person receiving emotion that they should keep in mind as they're implementing these tips that you've provided? So obviously know your audience. When you're speaking, know your audience. When you're writing, know your audience. If you're writing a motion in state court, you can assume the judge is not going to have any time to read it. And that's why your headings are so important, because that may be all that gets read. If you're in federal court, mostly judges will have more time to read the motion. And if they don't, they have law clerks and more staff that can read the motion and give them a summary. But I think the takeaway is back to my point with regard to headings and that in the event that your reader does not have time to read your motion, your arguments should come across through the headings. Thank you. So once a practitioner has completed their draft, what are your final words of wisdom for them or your final advice? Well, one thing I know for sure really bothers judges and bothers me also is the lack of use of proper citations. So I will not sit here and profess to tell you I know how to do citations. I don't. But I have people in my office that do. And I rely on them to make sure those citations are right. And citations are complicated. I mean, a case citation is different than a, a treatise citation, is different than a, a link to a website or a story. But every citation needs to be in its proper format. And I really, really can't emphasize that enough. I try to make my motion writing very crisp, very clean, very above reproach. I limit hyperbole and I limit the use of legalese, legal language. I think people respond better to real language and short, tight ideas. Again, editing and proofreading is critical. You have to have somebody else's eyes on your motion as well. You could read your motion 10 times and not catch the typo that your colleague or your assistant is going to catch. That's with any kind of writing project. And so my final words would be these. Be an artist with few words. Find the perfect words. So you don't have to use too many words to make the same point. Invest in the time in finding the perfect words. And at the end of the day, you know your motion is done when it sings, when it reads so beautifully and so compellingly that if that motion was to stand alone and never get a rebuttal from the government, you know that it would be granted no problem. 
Well, sound advice for our listeners. I think all of us can relate to the experience of appreciating when someone has been concise because all of us have so much to read and so much information to process, but much more important when your audience is a judge. So thank you again for joining us, and listeners look forward to some more trial tips in the future. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Just Pod.